Hey, Central family, I'm so glad that you've joined us for Central Online today. Uh, we're currently one church meeting in many rooms all across the Bay Area and around the globe, and uh, we're just honored that you're with us. We, we know we're imperfect people in progress. We're just trying to, to follow the one who is perfect, and he has, has answers and solutions to all of life's challenges, and that is, is Jesus. And so we're excited that you're on that journey here with us. Uh, today, you're in for a treat. You're going to get to hear from uh, really heroes of the faith, uh, Harold and Connie Nepper. Harold was on staff here at uh, Central Christian Church. He and Connie uh, have roots here in the Bay Area and, and throughout California. Uh, but Harold and Connie have left everything uh, to move to Tanzania, Africa. That's in East Africa. They currently uh, live, and it's one of the, the poorest areas in the world. And uh, man, all to bring hope and healing that only Jesus provides. And so these individuals are truly living out this mission to help people find and follow Jesus. They have three great kids and uh, eight grandkids uh, who they're very proud of. And one thing I love about uh, the work that Harold and Connie are doing, not only in, in East Africa, they've started kids programs, a Bible college, uh, doing amazing things to make a practical impact in, uh, in that community and uh, in that country. Uh, but one thing I love is that Connie's written these books to help her, her grandkids know more about where uh, uh, grandma and grandpa live and what they do. And, and you can find these on Amazon. Just put in the search Connie Nepper. Uh, there's great recipes. Uh, Tiffany and I have enjoyed reading these to our kids. Uh, I think you will as well to your kids, your grandkids. You can check those out. But without any further ado, let's turn it over to Harold and Connie Nepper. Well, hello, Central family. I'm glad to be able to be with you today, and I'm coming to you from Tanzania, East Africa, where we work with Hope of the Nations, and I uh, get to talk to you about one of my favorite subjects, which is missions. So let's pray, and then we'll get started. Lord God, we just thank you for this opportunity we have to be together. I thank you for um, your word how it teaches us and we ask that through your Holy Spirit you would give us insight and understanding that you would make clear the things that you want us to know and to understand to embrace God that you would speak to each of us as individuals speak to our hearts so that we might know how to walk in a way that would be pleasing to you God we thank you again for this time and uh, pray this in Jesus name amen so, as I said, I get to talk to you about uh, biblical missions, which is one of my favorite subjects. In fact, I teach at the Bible College here uh, this subject, and uh, so I'm glad to be speaking on that today. Um, there can be some kind of uh, confusion at times about missions because the word missions is actually not in the Bible, but the concept definitely is. And one of the one of the passages that people go to most when they're talking about missions is here in Acts chapter 13, uh, verse 1 through 4. And it's very familiar about when Paul and Barnabas were sent out. And it says, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And one of the things that I want you to see right away is that this took place in the context of the church. And it's important for us to remember that missions 
is always in the context of the church. It's not a separate organization. It is a, an outreach and outflow of the church. And so uh, here in Antioch, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to the work that I have called them to. So the Holy Spirit had called them, but the church prayed for them, they fasted, and then they sent them off. And so that has been a ministry of the church from the very beginning, this idea of missions. And the mission of the church, as we well know, is to glorify God by bringing people to God and then building them up. And I know at Central you have uh, your mission statement, which is to help people find and follow Jesus. And that's, that's that whole idea. That's the whole thing of missions, is to help people find and follow Jesus. And so that's what I want to talk to you uh, about today. In Colossians, Paul said in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29, He is the one, talking about Jesus, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Now, this is Paul's, like, his own personal mission statement he's saying here. Um, I proclaim Jesus because I want to uh, teach and admonish everyone so that we can prevent, present everyone fully mature in Christ. And that's part of, uh, to help people find and follow Jesus. And uh, he said, to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy of Christ so powerfully works in me. Then in Ephesians chapter 4, he's talking about the church. And he says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so, the point of giving apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to equip the people, that's the church, that's all of us, all of you, all of me also, uh, to equip people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And so that is the mission and the goal of the church, is to uh, equip people for the work of service and to build them up. That is biblical missions. Uh, as I said earlier, it's not a separate entity. When we think of missions, we shouldn't think of, okay, well, there are mission organizations and then there are churches. Uh, the reality is, and, and the biblical view of it, is that missions is an outflow, is a, is a part of the church. Sending people out on missions is the mission of the church, and we need to view it that way. And so we send people out and to lost, obviously the lost people, to evangelize and disciple. I mean, that is um, the mandate that we were given by Christ in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. He said, then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples um, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. And so Jesus gives us this mandate that we are to go. 
and to evangelize. So we go and evangelize and disciple and to establish local churches. Why establish local churches? Because when we evangelize and then we have people who have come to Christ and they need to be discipled, that discipleship happens in the local church. And so uh, part of going to reach the lost people is to evangelize and then to establish churches. When you look at uh, Paul, for instance, on his missionary journeys, that's what he did. He went and he uh, did evangelism, but he also established churches. But here's the part that many people don't think of when, when they're thinking of missions. Of course, we think, okay, missions is going out to the lost people and evangelizing. And yes, that is true. That's a very important part. But also, missions we see in the New Testament was also reaching out to saved people. And uh, that is not something that uh, we normally think about with missions, but it's to encourage and strengthen existing churches. And we'll see an example of that in a moment. And also to equip and train pastors and church leaders for the work of the ministry. And Acts chapter 11 is one of the examples we see of that. Now, when uh, Stephen, you remember uh, the stoning of Stephen, uh, when that happened, uh, then the, the Christians were scattered, they were afraid, and they all fled to different areas. Well, when they did, they took the church with them. They took uh, the gospel with them, and uh, then churches started springing up in other areas. Well, one of the areas where um, it came to be known that there were Christians was in an area called Antioch. And so when the church heard about that, in the church in Jerusalem, they decided to send Barnabas to see what was going on. So it says, uh, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Now, again, this happened in the context of the church. It was the church in Jerusalem, and they heard about these new believers in Antioch, and so they sent Barnabas there to see, hey, what's going on? And when Barnabas arrived, he saw the grace of God evident among them. And, uh, you know, I, I see that when, when I come and uh, visit at Central in San Jose. Uh, I see the grace of God evident there, and so my goal always is to encourage the believers to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. There's so much that is uh, distracting in this day and age. There's so many things going on in the world that can grab our attention, and some things on social media, and things in politics, and just so much that's happening. And so... Uh, the admonition is always to remain true to the Lord with all your heart. Not listening to other people, not listening to, uh, again, social media and uh, the wisdom of the world, uh, but to stay true to the Lord with all your heart. Also, when you send teams over here to Tanzania and you come and uh, you're going on your mission outreach, it's not only to evangelize. Yes, that's part of it, but a big part of it also is to encourage the believers who are here to remain true to the Lord with all your heart. And uh, so that is a, a big reason to, to send teams out on uh, mission trips and uh, to go and, yes, evangelize, but also 
to encourage the believers. The word missions is just a very simple word. Uh, it's a Latin word, and it just means to send. So, so when we, we send people out, that's why we say they're going on a mission. And so a missionary, makes sense, is one who is sent. Uh, so I am one who is sent. And I have the word apostle here, and of course I, I do a small a because I, I'm not claiming to be an apostle with a capital A. That's a whole different category. But apostle uh, is the same word as missionary in that apostle means one who is sent. This is a Latin word. This is from a Greek word, but they both mean the same thing. So when you're going out on a mission outreach, you can say it is an apostolic ministry. Uh, in that you are sent, one who is sent. Now, so uh, the question always comes up, especially when the missionary is speaking and people start getting nervous. Okay, now they're going to expect me to move to Africa and they're going to expect me to do this and that. And um, uh, that's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is that uh, one who is sent is a missionary, but... In reality, we are all sent. Jesus was the first one to be sent. In John 3.16, we see that very common verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So Jesus was the first one to be sent. Jesus... Uh, allowed himself to be sent. He, he was willing to do it. Uh, Philippians 2 talks about how he was willing to humble himself and to not hold on to what he had in heaven, but he was willing to come to earth. So he was the first one sent. But Jesus also sent us. In Matthew 17, 18, he's praying to the Father and he said, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. That's you and me. That's us. That was his disciples then. That is his disciples now. We have been sent into the world. All of us are sent. And now I know you're, you're getting nervous, but we have been given a ministry of reconciliation. And I want us to see today that we're all on the same team. But it doesn't mean we all play the same position. On a baseball team, if, the, if one of the teams, they, you know, they flood out of the dugout and they run out onto the field, if every one of them goes to first base, then there's a problem. If every one of them goes to the pitcher's mound, there's a problem. They take their positions out in the field. Somebody might be at home plate. Some of us are out in left field. But we are all on the same team, and our goal is the same. And that's what I want us to see this morning, that, yeah, we're on the same team. We don't all play the same positions, but we need to be willing to play our position wherever the Lord has placed us. And part of that is being a minister of reconciliation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and he gave us 
the ministry of reconciliation. That's us. He gave us this ministry. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So we have been given this ministry of reconciliation. This is uh, something that we need to be about. And yes, we are all sent. Some are sent across the street. Some are sent across the ocean. But we're all sent. We are all given this ministry of reconciliation. We're all on the same team. Maybe your position that you're going to play is going to be somewhere in the Bay Area. Uh, where you live, uh, to your friends and neighbors, at your, at your work or whatever. Maybe uh, you are one of the ones like us who are sent farther away and uh, end up out in the field somewhere. Uh, but all of us are on the same team. And this verse that we looked at before, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we're supposed to go and make disciples. And how do we do that? We teach them to obey. And we do that, as I was saying before, within the context of the church. And so missions is the heartbeat of both God and the local church. And I'm so thankful that uh, my roots are at Central Christian Church, and uh, missions has been part of the DNA of Central uh, from the beginning. And, um, you know, when uh, my wife Connie was uh, a young person there before I met her, actually, and when she started going uh, to church when she was a junior in high school, and uh, Jim Yost was doing youth ministry, and then Jim left, uh, Jim and Joan left to go to the mission field, and uh, that was that was impactful on my wife. Um, when I was a senior in high school, my youth pastor was uh, a young guy named Steve Phillips, Steve and Colleen Phillips. And uh, they, during my senior year, they left to go on mission, uh, missions to um, Chile. And um, so that was impactful also in my life. And um, so both of us have, have had a heart for missions uh, since we were even before we knew each other, and we got married at 18, so that's been a long time that we have had a heart for missions. Uh, but I'm just so thankful that uh, Central had that um, heart for missions also. So missions then is the church sending out believers. I just can't stress that enough, that, is, that this is a ministry of the church to send out believers to evangelize the lost everywhere, as uh, Jesus commanded, to encourage and strengthen the believers, like when uh, Barnabas was sent to Antioch from the Jerusalem church, to establish churches and train leaders, and to equip those churches to continue uh, the missions reproduction process. And I'm very excited about our Bible college here in Kigoma, in Tanzania, because we have uh, begun this uh, church planting process, and starting next semester, students will be able to choose a track that goes heads towards church planting. We've had many of our graduates go out and plant churches already, and so we are being um, 
more directed in our approach to that. And uh, so the students will be able to do a two-year program at our Bible college, and then the next two years will be in a church planner apprenticeship program. Will they be um, assigned to a church where they'll have a, uh, a master church planter that they will work under and serve under uh, for a couple of years. And then they, during that time, they will be planning and praying where God would have them go. And then they'll go out and uh, plant a church. And then each year we'll send a, a new student to that church. And so every year one will cycle out. Every year one will cycle back in. They'll always have two working with them. And uh, so you can just imagine that eventually the multiplication will take place. And so we're really excited about that and looking forward to that. And uh, again, we, we uh, are grateful to uh, Central and your role in helping us establish our Bible college and to build our new campus so that we can uh, even reach more students for Christ. And so the focus for us on mission is sending people out for evangelism, for discipleship, and then for church planting. As people go out to evangelize and people come to the Lord, then the discipleship starts right away. And then after that, the church planting. Within that church, the discipleship and the teaching continues, the equipping continues, so that they can send people out and evangelize and disciple and plant more churches who will then send people out to evangelize and disciple and plant more churches. And the multiplication will take place. So it's very exciting to think about that. And so then a question I always ask my students at the Bible college is, why is mission ministry not a significant part of every church? Because there are so many churches where it just isn't. Uh, all of their, their programs, all of their resources, everything they're doing is in focused on themselves and they're not thinking about um, the outreach uh, part of it and the mission part of it, the mission of the church. Um, and again, I am so thankful that that is not the case for Central, that uh, you have been involved in missions from the beginning and uh, you have been a partner with us for many years and we're so grateful for that and we're so thankful for that uh, because missions Biblical missions uh, is not a new thing. This has been God's plan from the very beginning. And uh, I want to I kind of wrap up with this in, in reminding you that missions is not an afterthought of God. It wasn't like he, he made things and then thought, oh man, uh, people are going the wrong way and so now I'm going to have to figure out what to do. No, this has always been his plan. And so in 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 18 to 20, Peter said, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. This is important for us to see. From the very beginning, even before the creation of the world, Jesus was already to be the lamb without blemish or defect. It was already planned that he would come and he would give his life 
for us and that he would be the perfect sacrifice for us. He was chosen before the creation of the world and he is revealed in these last times. And when the Bible's talking about the last times, that's any time from when Christ uh, died on the cross and rose again until he decides to come back. Those are the last times. And so he was revealed in these last times for your sake, for my sake, for our sake. And there may be people watching. I don't know who all is uh, in, involved in uh, watching this service online, but uh, chances are that there would be some people who may not know Jesus. And I want to make sure that you get a chance to know him uh, because uh, that makes all the difference for eternity. And so if if you are realizing now that Jesus made this sacrifice for your sake and uh, you want to take the next step in your life with Christ, I encourage you to get in touch with Pastor Tim or anyone from Central from the church. They'd be happy to help you uh, in that process of um, coming to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Don't let um, 2020 end without giving your life to Christ, um, especially after a year like 2020. It is obvious that we need Jesus, and he made provision for that. He, he was chosen before the creation of the world to be our perfect sacrifice uh, for our sakes. So God bless you. Uh, we are all on the same team. We thank you for your partnership with us in the gospel. Uh, we thank you for your commitment to biblical missions in, um, in San Jose and around the world in Tanzania um, because you are very uh, key for what goes on here. And so, uh, again, we just say thank you. God bless you. Um, and we love you guys and hope to see you in the States before too long.